Hello, and thank you for listening to the Stonesinger Chronicles. If you are listening to this, that is most likely means that either you are done season one or you've skipped season one. The one's fine by me. Um, but either way, I think some introductions are in order. My name is Adam Ganong, and I am the creator, the sole creator of the Stonesinger Chronicles. I write this show, I edit it, I narrate it, I do all of the music, and I do all of the sound effects. So everything here is is me, basically, with the exception of one thing, which is the art, which we will talk about later. So thank you so much for for listening to the show. I really hope you enjoyed this last season. Um, More stuff coming out. Yeah, I'm going to go through kind of what uh, I'm going to be talking about in this little wrap-up episode, this little kind of retrospective and some other stuff. So uh, first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do some acknowledgments of just some people who kind of helped with the show, although I'm doing everything. There's some other people kind of behind the scenes I want to give some thanks to. And then for people who are here for an update to Season 2, that's going to be next on the roster. If that's all you're looking for, you can hop off after that. That's fine. Uh, After that, I'm going to go through some questions and answers. So a bunch of people were so kind to send in some questions that they had about the show. So I will go through all of those. And then I'm going to go over kind of just a general retrospective of how the season went. Obviously kind of a weird season for some people who who might not realize. I started this show a, a while ago, back in 2021, and had to stop after episode four uh, for some some life reasons, and then came back just this year. So I'll kind of go over a bunch of different stuff about the first time I did it, this time I did it, the stuff in between, and all that. And then I have some some final closing stuff, um, and then and then we'll be done. All right, so let's dive in. I have a bunch of people I really want to thank. So first of all, although I did everything, I do have help from some people bouncing ideas off of uh, helping things. Number one, thank you to Jenna Nor, my wife. Um, a lot of the there's a lot of stuff, especially in chapter twelve, that she helped me kind of figure out uh, on the one of the first drafts of this of this story. Um, some of the stuff to do with Featherbound and things like that 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 those were her ideas that I that I fought against at first, but now you know it is a it's a huge part of the story. So thank you, uh, Jenna, for that and all your help with uh, artwork and stuff like that. Uh, also a thanks to Philip Hall, who's done a lot of art consulting for the show and other stuff. And thank you to DestructoBot, who's done a lot of um, music consultation and just helping me think through ideas for the show. So all of you, thank you so much. Uh, Moving on. So back when I first did this show, I had a Patreon set up. And I had three Patreons. And I don't know. So I know one. I want to thank Jennifer Morgan, because I know who you are, uh, for signing up for the Patreon. and then there were a couple others that, so um, as kind of a, a, a note for people, and I, I pray that the people who signed up for this Patreon are listening. Um, I, I appreciate you signing up. What happened at that point was I was running my Patreon, and then when I stopped doing the show, I left the Patreon up and really didn't give much thought to it because there weren't that many people on there. Um, and then the Patreon... I went back and a couple of people had signed up that I had not realized for. And so I decided that I wanted to stop the Patreon, obviously, because I didn't want to be taking their money because I knew I was not doing the show at the time. But I, <sighs> Patreon works in a weird way so that I accidentally essentially deleted the Patreon and it turns out you cannot return it. You can't turn it back on. So there was no way to find out who these people were or any way to get money back to them. So if you were one of those original Patreons, I don't know who you are, but thank you so much uh, for signing up for it. Reach out to me on Discord, or I have my email on this, please, so I can find out who you are, so I can maybe get you your money back or anything, because I appreciate people having that vote of confidence. And I feel so bad that I, I deleted it, and then I just lost that record of, of everyone who, who was on there. So I apologize for that. Um, but thank you. Thank you for supporting the show all the way back then. Now, I want to give a, a shout out to, first of all, everyone who's joined my my Discord channel. That's where I have been doing all of my community work and been discussing the show, and it's been a lot of fun. It, it turned out way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so some specific people I want to thank. Thank you uh, to Kate the Great. Thank you to Severic, uh, number one. Uh, special thanks to Alec Kinetic, Bash, Pack of Rats, uh, and Sean McCoy, and thank you, uh, Eyelashes of Sauron. Also, a huge thank you to my current and only <laughs> patron, only member of my Patreon, uh, Mighty Iculus. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you all for for talking about the show and 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 just hanging out there with me and helping me through. 
you know, the the boring parts of of getting the show in between the exciting parts where the episodes come out. It's it's much appreciated. It makes it all worthwhile. All right. There's a, a shout out to some people who helped me join the show. Let's move on. Season two. So here is my plan. I want to have this season started sooner rather than later. But it's a bit of a mix because what I don't want to do is I don't want to start <clears throat> the way I make this show. I can start releasing episodes before I have written the entire season. But then that runs into some issues where I can get a little bit ahead of myself and realize like, oh, this story would be much better if I had done this specific thing three episodes ago. So I'm in between a, a bit of a, a rock and hard place where I want to get written far enough ahead that I have a, a good, strong sense of what is going on. To to kind of give you some context, I've already written, I had written maybe 50,000 words of what would be season two, but based off of how I ended up ending season one, I need to basically throw it all away, which is fine. That's That's how writing goes sometimes. So I'm rewriting the whole thing. And my plan right now is to be doing 2,000 words a day until about maybe beginning of March is what I think. And that will give me a pretty good foundation to start editing episodes and put them out. Um, That being said, we are going to get started a little bit early. So end of January is when I'm hoping to put out the next small episode. So it's going to be an episode a little bit more like the episode Ricky Slars Aside. So it's going to be shorter And it's not going to necessarily follow the main group. Um, It should still be entertaining, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But it will just be a shorter thing. I have a couple of those that I have kind of lined up. So I'm going to be kind of putting those out in between seasons. So now let's talk about the seasons. So based on some feedback I had, and and feel free to anyone else who wants to give me feedback on this, let me know. So I kind of experimented with uh, episode length uh, during the season, and what I decided on. And what a lot of people gave me feedback on is they appreciated a little bit shorter episodes that came out a little bit more frequently. So that is what I'm going to try and do for season two. That's not going to be the case for every episode. I know of one episode for a fact that is probably going to come out around the middle of the season that's going to be much longer. It might be my longest episode ever. We'll find out. But for the most part, I'm going to try and aim to be around that 30-minute to 35-minute uh episode length, because I think that that works really well. And then that what that'll mean is that some stories will not necessarily be kind of wrapped up in one episode. Like I kind of try and give one concept, wrap it up within that episode to a degree. Um, but s- stories are going to be kind of a bit more stretched out, essentially. And m- what I want to do, and you people need to let me know if they feel like I'm doing this, is I don't want to dilute the story. I don't want to stretch it out just for the sake of stretching it out. I want to tell it in a satisfactory way, split over multiple episodes. So let me know how you how you feel about um, that format, and especially once they start coming out, because I'm always trying to improve. And I will get into this later, but that was my, my number one goal. I didn't do any marketing. I didn't really post these episodes anywhere. So I would put them on my feed, and then I would maybe post them on Reddit, my only goal was to get better, which I think, in my opinion, humble opinion, if you listen to episode zero and then to episode 12, I think I improved a fair amount. Um, I improved a lot as a producer. I improved a, a fair amount as a writer, I would say. I improved as a, as a <laughs> narrator, that's for sure. Narration is definitely my weakest uh, weakest part and also improved at making music, in my opinion. Um, and... And yeah, that 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 will kind of continue to be my uh, plan. So if anyone has any feedback at all on this stuff, I can take any feedback. Um, and in fact, getting good feedback, getting any feedback at all is probably one of the most valuable things you can do uh, for me. So if you have any feedback, please reach out. Let me know what you think of episodes. I can't guarantee that I will implement all of your feedback because, you know, a lot of this stuff comes down to taste. But I I love hearing about that feedback because sometimes people will give me feedback that I have simply just never thought of, I've never considered. And those things can make huge bounds and leaps in in change of how, how episode quality is. So please let me know. All right, so that's the plan for season two. So to summarize, Season two is probably going to start releasing right around the corner. I'm hoping end of January. We will we will see. The, the, my number one priority is get stuff written. Write, write good episodes 
number two priority is to get uh, some stuff coming out sooner rather than later and it won't have any sort of schedule when they then they come out and then end of summer or end of not summer end of winter and into spring is when i hope to start putting out new episodes focusing on our our main group all right on to some questions and answers all right Number one, this is the question I have gotten the most. I have to address it. Who did the art for the show? So I have an embarrassing confession. Some people are not going to be happy with this at all, which I've already gotten the feedback on, which is why I needed to bring it up because I made a, a couple mistakes here. But the, the art for the episodes right now is all AI generated, unfortunately. Not super happy with that. For those of you who have listened to the show for a little bit, the original episode art on there was from a uh, designer on Fiverr named Pillar Design, uh, and the art on the and the art for um, the 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 art for the part where I was asking for feedback was something I had designed by someone named uh, Mikari. I'll post a link to both of those down in the show notes down below. So to give you some feedback of why it is AI, because I know that that is going to be, and I've heard this feedback, disappointing for some people to hear, is it was kind of an accident. I was very happy with the original art that I bought for it, but it was not getting it, not getting much clicks. Like I think it's very good. I think it sort of stands out, but not, not too much. What ended up happening is I use AI to generate some art for my episodes, just for my own, own sake. Like It helps me to have a kind of visual reference. I cannot do art at all. I have no skill in that. Things. So, so things like Midjourney are very useful to me, just where I can get like almost concept art for myself, just something that I would never, ever, ever be able to afford to be able to pay for, and I cannot do myself, so it helps me. And then almost as a joke, or I guess more so an experiment it would be the better way to put it, I used some of that art on one of the um, episodes when I released it. I think it was the seventh, actually. And the amount of people who listen to that episode skyrocketed. Um, it doubled almost. And then those numbers just continued to to grow. And the only thing I had really changed was my art. And that was like the biggest leap um, in listeners I'd had for a while. So I just sort of kept doing it. And I've never been particularly happy with the way that the art has turned out, but it, it was in an acceptable level. Um, but it was kind of always my dream to improve the art, but obviously like to get a good artist, um, is expensive, but what I am doing now, the good news is, is I am getting new art. So I've been saving up money over the, um, over the course of the show. Cause I'm not generating any income. If, I don't know if you've noticed or not. I don't run any ads. So the only money I am getting from this is the $5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> that Mighty Aculus, thank you, Mighty, is paying me. Maybe some more people will sign up by the end of this week. Who knows? Um, so I've been saving up my own money um, for improvements. And uh, there's a ton of things that I can improve. Uh, a new mic, some new audio software, stuff like that. Um, but what I ended up concluding after the feedback on the AI art was I am happy with the way most things on the show are I think I could continue using the tools I have at my disposal. Like, I don't think they sound bad. Like, I, I can notice a ton of improvements to be made. But for the most part, I have not heard much negative feedback on the way that my things sound. So I'm going to bite the bullet there and use essentially all of the money I have saved up to pay an artist. And I've already found a very cool uh, guy. I haven't got his permission to, to talk about it yet. So I'm not going to say anything, but um, as soon as I have his permission to start talking about it, I'm going to start putting this stuff out. So we're getting new art for the show. So the my, most people are not going to care about this, I'm sure. I'm going to discontinue the concept of having art for each individual episode just because it would be, uh, be way too expensive. There's no way that I can afford to pay someone to make that much art. So instead, it will be uh, images per season that will have kind of something custom for what that season is. So I'll have one for season two about to come up and then I'm going to have a new one for season one that will replace everything that is already there. Um, so yeah, very excited about that. I can't wait to show people uh, that art. So that'll be that'll be right around the corner. All right, so that is art. So another question I get a lot are what are my influences for the show? So that varies. I have a lot of different influences. So the, the number... 
The number one influence, I would say, is going to be the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson slash Brandon Sanderson himself. So comically, I've never finished the Stormlight Archives. I've read two of the books, I think, but I'm a big fan of the world and I'm a big fan of the, the reason I write is because Brandon Sanderson has a writing class on um, YouTube. If you've never seen this, I highly recommend checking it out. He teaches a le- lecture at, um, I think it's called Brigham Young University, about creative writing. Um, it's a fo- it's focused on fantasy and science fiction, but if you are at all interested in writing and either don't know where to start or want to improve, I, I recommend it for everyone. He's a very good teacher. Um, so that's how I got into writing. That's I was very scared to ever start writing. And I think in 2016, I started watching these lectures and it just kind of took off from there. And then I'm a big fan of how the Stormlight Archives, it's a book one, The Way of Kings, is very fun to read. Um, and a lot of cool stuff happens. And I remember where I was when some of the moments in that book happened, where big things happened, where I said to myself, like, oh, wow, like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Um, so that is kind of what I, I want to replicate in this show, like that feeling of like both that sense of wonder. And then the other thing that I really like is uh, I had a couple other friends that were reading the books at the same time. And it's so much fun to, to read those books and to theorize about things in them with other people. Um, and that's and that's what I want from this, both a sense of wonder and something to make friends over. So that, that book's a huge uh, influence. Opposite end of the spectrum. One of the books I was reading when I was originally writing this was a much denser book called Gardens of the Moon by Steve Erickson. Um, and for those of you who have read that book and now sort of see the influence, very cool books. If you're a fan of fantasy that maybe gets a bit darker than Sanderson, I highly recommend these. They are dense. Um, I have, I feel like my stuff is pretty dense. Like I go pretty deep into some world building stuff, but these uh, books are our next level. If you're a fan of like the Dark Souls series or anything like that, and like the very deep lore and kind of almost opaqueness to the lore sometimes where you have to kind of do a bit of work on your own to figure out what the heck is going on, I highly recommend these books. So the other thing that will become, I think it's kind of apparent from this season and will become more apparent maybe in later seasons is the multi, there's a lot of characters in those books, a lot of characters doing a lot of things that kind of come together. That sort of happened in chapter 12 of this. I feel like you can kind of see those influences, but yeah, those were books were a huge influence to me on me um, in in a number of, of different ways. So huge fan of those books, highly recommend them. Um, let's see, that's two. So let's wrap up some of the other ones. So Lord of the Rings, the movies, uh, specifically the score by Howard Shore. So I'll talk about this in a little bit, maybe, but I did a lot of work on the music for this show, coming up with specific themes or motifs for characters and playing those motifs for characters and evolving those motifs a bit as characters evolved and changing them in situations. Uh, and a way that I'm pretty proud of, and that's all very, very, very directly inspired by the work that Howard Shore did on Lord of the Rings. I could only dream to come close to the the genius that he wound in that movie with the way he did his score, but that that, that was a huge influence to me. Um, the Adventure Zone, uh, Arc 1, specifically Balance. I'd, if you've never listened to The Adventure Zone, I highly recommend Arc 1. Um compared to what a lot of other audio quality is like now, some of the earlier seasons are maybe a bit rough around the edges for <laughs> multiple reasons. But um, similar to Stormlight Archives, I remember, like, I had a lot of fun listening to that show. I picked it up very late, but talking with people, theorizing about what was going on, and I remember where I was, what I was doing during some moments of that show where something happened and I stopped what I was doing and was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this has just happened. Um, yeah, and and the other thing too is I think that the music that Griffin McElroy both did and it used in the show was very well done. Um, and and I kind of strive to do that. I, I think that music, honestly, is a, a thing that's kind of lacking in a lot of um, audio... Uh, uh, both audio dramas and not audio dramas, like uh, there's not many I can think of that have a very distinctive music soundscapers or sound to them, which is a shame. I mean, I get it because music, same as art, 
very expensive. So I get it. Um, but I would love, I know there's a lot of people out there making cool music that are looking for things to do. So I'd love to kind of same as uh, the Adventure Zone inspired me. Like Griffin did some very cool music with some very bare bones stuff. Um, a lot of Apple loops in there. And it hit really well. Like I think it captured the mood and the emotions of the show very well. So that's another one. And then a fifth one. Let's pick a fifth one. Um, so this one is kind of a weirder one, perhaps, because it's not a specific form of media, but I'm very inspired by manga. Manga is what got me into storytelling, really. Um, I don't know where else this came out, but in the fashion of Shonen Jump in Japan, there was a company that was, when I was younger, putting out Shonen Jump on newsstands in, I live in Canada, in Canada. So it would be a, a thick manga volume that would have like Dragon Ball Z in it and Naruto and stuff. And it would come out, I think, monthly. Um, and I I devoured those. I, I bought a lot of those when I was a kid. Um, and that was kind of my introduction to serialized fiction, really, like aside from TV, like I watched TV, but nothing was really drawing me in as much as, excuse me, manga was at the time. So that and then also, to, to a degree, I'm a, a fan of how manga is produced. I'm not a fan of <laughs> work life, how the work-life balance goes for a lot of those artists and other people involved, unfortunately. But I'm a big fan of the systems that they used to be able to write these, these very compelling stories and put them out pretty rapidly. Um, so yeah, manga. I'm a, I'm a big fan of manga and uh, the way that manga is produced and different things is, is an inspiration for me. And those are those are my top five influences. And my other influences like change so much because the thing is, is that this show has stretched on for such a long time now that my influences like have, have kind of changed from the beginning to the end, which is, I think, visible. You can definitely see the Brandon Sanderson inspiration, like the way that I'm describing the magic system and like going very in-depth in the rules very early and then kind of drop it towards the second end of the season as I as I gain my own footing and gain in my opinion kind of my own style and realizing like okay I don't need to do everything exactly like Brandon Sanderson I can just do what I want to do um but obviously still if anyone cares about this stuff Brandon Sanderson has three laws he came up with for the way to write magic systems which uh, I'll get into this in a little bit which I kind of <sighs> Uh, think about a lot when I'm writing stuff for, for multiple reasons. So yeah, those, those are my influences. Moving on, next question. This one is from Felix, specifically uh, submitted on Spotify. Thank you, Felix. Uh, question, dude, what is the name of the intro song? It's Fire. Uh, all right, so this was asked on F chapter five. Um, so there are two songs that could be the intro song. So the actual... The main theme for the show is just called Stone Singer, main title. Um, if you want that, maybe I'll post a free copy of it up on, on Patreon, on my free Patreon right after this, so everyone can get access to that. And then at the be beginning of that episode, there's a song that plays, because that's when Tali is talking with the, um, the guiding priest at the forge, and that song is called The Naming, if I recall correctly. And both are by me. I made both of those. Um, so thank you. I'm, I'm very glad that you that you enjoy them. All right, next question on Spotify. JLB Wag Linney. Uh, love your show. Are you writing a book? Uh, thank you for that question. Uh, very glad you like the show. And I mean, I am sort of writing a book. So the way that I write this show is to hopefully do it multi-format in the future. So I mean, this season was a book, in my opinion. So I could package it and put it out as an ebook, which I plan to do at some point. Um, and then I have, I have a lot of stories in this, in this world. And my plan is, is at some point to maybe put some of them out, especially side stories, not as the podcast, but as like a book or a novella or a short story in, in different formats. So I'm not writing a book in the sense of, I mean, cause, cause the thing about this show is like, this show is way more work than a book. If you think about it, because I'm both writing and editing and then doing all the music and all the audio production. So, I mean, it is... 60% more work than it would be to write a, a book if I'm thinking of just my timesheets. So yes, this <laughs> and uh, no other book until I will do some stuff. And if I for some reason could do this professionally in the future, then yeah, maybe I will do just a book that is something different or other stuff in this world. 
All right, next question from Darth Calix. Great as always. I'm very curious about the Pale Lady. Is she even human or some entity of death? All right, so there's another question after this, but I'll answer this one first. So the answer to is she even human or some entity of death is yes. <laughs> maybe both, maybe neither. Um, so I won't go too much into answering that question, but I will let you know that there is an answer to that, and I will give that answer in the future. So most likely what it will be is a short story. So I have a short story specifically about the five and the pale lady, which is almost their origin story, uh, I'll say. So a very good question, and you will get the answer to that if you if you keep paying attention. Uh, and second question, I've already kind of answered this. Who makes the music and sound effects? Is it all a one-man show, or do you have someone else help? So yes. And the second question, who makes the music and sound effects? Is it all a one-man show, or do you have other people helping? So yeah, it is all me. Uh, it's a one-man show. It's just me doing everything. All right, next question asked by no one. Mm, this is a good one. Is this a hard magic system or a soft magic system? Very good question. Very good question. So for those of you who might not be super familiar with fantasy, uh, hard versus soft magic is a conversation that happens a lot. So hard magic is when there are specific rules to the magic that you can understand what is happening, you can understand the limitations, you can understand what people can and cannot do and why they can and cannot do it. And then soft magic is like, if you think about um, Lord of the Rings, Gandalf kind of has miscellaneous magic. It is undetermined what he can do, when he can do it, why he can do it. Um, and then again, if you want to learn more about this, Brandon Sanderson's a great resource. This uh, kind of has to do a lot with problem solving. Like it, it's for a lot of the times when Gandalf uses magic in the story, it's not to like mm, solve problems in a satisfying way. It is just to kind of continue the story. And there's other much more interesting stuff usually happening other than Gandalf's magic. That is kind of what you are focusing on in magic. And Gandalf's magic is almost kind of a, a side stuff. Uh, whereas with Brandon Sanderson, like in Mistborn, if, if people here know what I'm talking about when I talk about that book, um, you understand quite clearly how the magic works and it's very easy to follow what's going on. Um, let's think of, yeah, no, I won't, go, I won't go deep, deep into it. If you want to talk about that more, you can join my discord and I'll, uh, I'll talk about it ad nauseum on there. Cause I love talking about this stuff or watch some of Brandon Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson's videos and you'll get a very good understanding of it. So is my magic system a hard magic system or a soft magic system? A very good question. Um, I've posted something about this on my free Patreon, so I'll, I'll have a link down to that below so you can go read about this to get more in depth. But the short answer is, again, it's a yes and a no. So it is a soft magic system wrapped in a hard magic system, wrapped in a soft magic system, <laughs> wrapped in a hard magic system. So, and to drill down into that more, and it's a bit the same as the answer about the Pale Lady, there are many questions you are going to have about this magic system that I am going to get to. That is a lot of the stuff that this story is, is going to talk about. Um, so we are going to get there. But um, yeah, so, so what I will say this is, if I use the magic system to solve any problems, you will be able to understand how I have used it to solve it. I will give you the rules beforehand. So if you think about chapter five, where Tali wins the competition by multi-bonding, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I did a relatively good job there describing enough of how the magic system worked that when it happened, you understood what was happening. But then in maybe chapter 12, um, and again, uh, I guess I should have said this at the beginning, and again, spoilers for the show, in chapter 12, when Fair uses her magic to destroy the bridge, it's a little bit unclear, perhaps, on, on how that happened, but there is a reason for that, and there will be answers to that in the future. So that is the, that is the answer. It's, it, it's both hard and soft. There's, there's um, portions of both. The description I use for it quite often is... If this is a hacker movie. So if you think about a hacker movie, and one let's use one that's good. Let's use Mr. Robot, a hacker show. They go pretty in-depth on how computer systems work. 
um, and tell you this different stuff and help you understand what is going on. But they still don't plumb the depths of how a computer works. They don't tell you exactly how a motherboard is wired together and what pins go where for the most for the most part. They might mention every now and then, but they don't go in depth on it. And that is what I'm doing as well. There's some very complex stuff happening in some of the parts of this that you just will not need to know. So I'm not going to waste your time with it, essentially. Um, But then the stuff that you do need to know, I will make that very clear. And I will tell you in what I hope to be a very entertaining way. All right. And then there was one final question about the monoliths and the node stones um, and just kind of monoliths in general. So what I've done for that one is, again, uh, if you go into the show notes here, I have a link to Patreon and I have a free tier patron. You do not need to pay anything to sign up for this. But I have some articles and some information about the show on there that you can read through. So if you're curious about a bit more in-depth knowledge on the monoliths, just for your own curiosity, you can go read and I have a uh, article about that and some uh, depictions I have done. Again, I'm very bad at art, so they're poor, but they get kind of get the uh, impression across of what like a monolith looks like and uh, how that stuff works. So you can go take a look there. All right, moving on. So let's talk about the season as a whole. So this is something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, the idea of having kind of like a narrated audiobook that plays well into the format of podcasting and, and audio is something that's always intrigued me. And some people have kind of done it, but no one's ever done it kind of exactly the way that I wanted. So as you can tell from this, like the thing that's very important to me is not just, I'm not just writing a book and narrating it. I am writing this for audio, which you can hear in some parts where I don't need to tell things because I can use a sound effect to tell that that story. But in the same aspects, like I don't need to do sound effects for everything so I can kind of keep my production time down. Because let me tell you, because I've had to do full full cast audio before, footsteps, I tell you. There's tools to do it now, but it, it's very time consuming. So <clears throat> I wanted to make this show, I wanted to have a story that perfectly, well, I don't want to say perfectly because I wouldn't say that I do it, did it perfectly, but a story that very nicely intertwines with the music and the music can augment the show and the show can augment the music. And it's not just that I have written a story and then put music under it. Like when I write this, I am thinking about the music as I am writing. So I am planning it out, which you just, in my opinion, uh, it's difficult to adapt an audiobook in that format because it is a different format. And if you want to, I'm not going to go into this here, but if you want to talk about this, like you can join the discord because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, but it's not, you would think it is the same, but it is not the same to write planning to put it under music and to write something and then put music under it are two very different things. And not many people have, have done it yet, um, which kind of surprises me. I've kind of had planned, I wanted to do this all the way back in probably 2016 when I first started learning to write. And every single year, I thought to myself, this is going to be the year that people are going to start doing this more and I'm going to miss the boat. And just kind of no one ever did it quite the way that I feel I've done it for the show. And not to say that people haven't done things that are like very, very close. Um, if you've never heard it in, in this genre alone, Etheran Dark Dark Saga is very good. But um, that very cool show, however, the music was not written for the show. It's kind of stock music put underneath of it. So incredibly good. But um, yeah, so I started making this in 2020 was when I started writing it. And then I put it out in 2021. I was able to produce it for a couple of, of episodes, and I had to stop. Um, to be specific, what happened was a lot of things changed in my life very quickly. Um, my wife and I, uh, my wife was expecting, and very early in the pregnancy, she got very, very sick, um, which we had not been expecting. And if, more than just morning sickness, um, there's some um, HG, it's called, I forget the exact term, but essentially you are sick. 24-7 during your pregnancy. Um, it's very, it can be very dangerous. Um, and it was a very tumultuous time in our life, just trying to, you know, keep things together, prepare for the baby. Um, and then at the same time, I switched jobs. So a lot of things changed in my life 
all at once. And I just didn't have the mental capacity to be able to continue with the show at the time. But I still always wanted to because like, like I said, I've thought about this a lot. I've always wanted to do this. So then this year, now that my son, um, it was right after my son turned a year, I think basically, when we kind of had felt like we had a good handle on on what we were doing. And not just a good handle, but we were handling change as well. Because parents will know this, if you're not a parent, changes happen every day. Like little things that they learn, things that they want to start doing, like running, and then suddenly it's just eating up a bunch of your energy. And so uh, when he was a year old is when I felt I was kind of had a handle on taking care of all that stuff and taking care of myself at the same time. So I, I came back to doing the show. Um, so when I came back to the show, I had to catch up on a lot of stuff. So that took me a lot of time. Um, and what I started doing was just kind of writing out thoughts on every episode. And so when I came back, the the number one thing I did was I wrote down three goals I had for the season. And those were my three focuses. So I, to, to give you kind of some in-depth information on how I work on this, I try and do 10 hours a week on this show. So some weeks that's going to be maybe a little bit less and some weeks is going to be a little bit more depending on where I am in, on an episode and how much energy I have. But 10, 10 hours a week is what I try and do. And I track my time very strictly with what I'm doing on stuff um, for, for multiple reasons. So... Those 10 hours are very important because even to lose an hour of that can be like that's 10% of the time I had set aside. So there were some things that I decided this season that I just didn't want that I had done the first time around and like it would eat up one of uh, combined. It would eat up one of those hours my during my week. So one of them was and people might have noticed this social media. So I think social media is slowly dying. Well, that's <laughs> that's maybe an exaggeration, but I mean Twitter. Come on. We all know. So I felt that it was just like I was spending time posting on there and getting little to no returns for it. And, you know, everyone will tell you, you've, oh, you've got to do some stuff on there for marketing. But I decided just not to. So I just stopped posting on all social media. And on the same part, I had a website originally and just doing some like general maintenance on that website. And like I was, when I posted an episode, I would update the website for the episode. I decided to cut it. Um, and so what I ended up coming down with was I had three focuses for the season. Number one was just, uh, number one was hone the blade, which is how I said, just improve, get better. Every episode, my number one goal is to get better. So if zero people listen to the episode, but when I listened to the episode, I said, yeah, you know what? I did a much better job this episode about for writing like kind of much fuller music that more captured the mood I wanted. And I think I did that really well. That would be a success in my, in my head, a big success. Of course, I want people to listen, but you can't guarantee that. That's something very hard to control. And so my opinion was, if I just focus on improving, one of two things will happen. Either people will notice and people will keep listening, or no one will notice but when I'm done with this, I will have something that I am proud of and I'll be better. And then I will be better for the next thing that I do. So thankfully, I think people did uh, notice that I did better and people started listening and I think telling their friends and some more people listened because I was not, again, I was not posting about this anywhere and more and more people were trickling in. Um, some algorithm stuff on Spotify is also to thank for that, I am sure. But yeah, that was my number one focus. And then number two was tell the story. And the reason that was number two is because obviously I had already proven myself to have a bad track record because I started to tell the story and then I stopped on chapter four. So I knew that in order for me to start planning or doing anything else, because I kind of had a plan, I didn't have it all written, but I had a plan for all of season one. And when I say I didn't have it all written, I had something written for the entire season, but I realized I needed to improve it. So season, uh, this season, my, 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 my second goal was just tell the story, just finish telling it. And the way I, I kind of um, told that to myself was, you know, I had that moment at the very end, E-Fair on the bridge, that I knew I wanted to get to and I knew I wanted to do well. 
And so I, that was my goal. I want to get to that scene. I want to write that scene. I want to score that scene. And I want to see what it sounds like. Uh, and I want to see how it, how well it works. Because sometimes when you're writing, you can think about something and it seems like it's a good idea. But then when you actually write it, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this has not worked out how I wanted. Which you will always run into, like almost everything I've ever written. Like I've never thought of anything and then written it and been like, yes, this is exactly how I dreamed it would go. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the second thing. And then the third thing was just slowly building up uh, the community around the show, which I did through Discord. So I've already thanked the people who have kind of helped me out with that. Um, and yeah, those were, those were my three focuses. And then let's talk about, um, let's talk about the writing a little bit, because this, this season was interesting. So when I started writing this, I, I know where the story is going. I have the borders of the puzzle. But the pieces inside of the puzzle sometimes, some of them are metal and are immutable and will be what I have planned them to be. But then some of them are um, disintegrating in the rain and changing. So I knew the outline of how the story was going to go, but it changed pretty drastically from when I wrote episode zero to when I finished writing episode 13. A lot of things changed. Um, and to like give an example of that, when I started writing this season, the owl was actually the leader of the caravan. And for reasons that will become apparent, it didn't make much sense. Um, and I had to change how he was done. So I think I actually changed that like very shortly before I did chapter eight. And like the way, like the fact that he helps he fair fight the wolf and stuff, like I knew that that happened, but I, the way that he got there before and the way that they ended up having the fight together, like it didn't, it didn't make much sense, frankly. So, so I made a change there and a keenly eared person may notice this, but when I started writing this season, Efer was barely a main character. Um, so chapter one, the the only reason chapter one exists to a degree was to buffer me some time to finish writing and editing chapter two, which focuses on Whisper and is a bit longer. So I wrote chapter one, and then I was like, yeah, this is this is good. It can, kind of fleshes out this character, E-Fair, I, I had. And then I kept writing. And then it was actually, I think, really when I when I stopped doing the season and had kind of more space to think, and I realized, you know what? E-Fair is not only a main character, but this first arc, this season one, is her season. This is her story. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and then I kind of... And I knew how her story was going to end, but um, it was kind of unfleshed out. Like the original way that that scene on the bridge was written, it was only 2,000 words. By comparison, that episode now is 9,000 words. Um, and the chapter seven, the seventh Efer's backstory didn't exist. So I, I kind of wrote all that stuff and then that helped me kind of flush out where everything else was going to go. And like I said, like I had some puzzle pieces that were metal that I knew I was going to do, but now I was able to come up with way better. They weren't just little hand-drawn pieces of cardboard that I was fitting around this metal piece. Like they were, they looked good and they were able to fit much better, fill in those gaps. Um, yeah, the, the thing, one of the things that I want to improve for the next season is I wrote a bunch of music that I think is pretty good, but then in the episodes, I would write music for specific scenes, and you can you can hear me kind of trying to find my footing. A quick note, actually, on Efer, you can tell what I did because you'll notice if you go back and listen that Efer does not have a theme in chapters one through four. So Efer's theme does not actually make an appearance until chapter five, halfway, almost towards the end of it. And then it's a main theme throughout the show. And so for other music, I um, you can hear me trying to find my footing, especially in chapters one through two, four. Like I had, there's there's two pieces of music. Well, I guess there's three pieces of music. There's Whispers theme. There is Talese theme. And then there is that theme that goes da 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 which I call Arrival. Um, because it 
is introduced when Tilly and Whisper say that they're going to have a rivalry. Um, and I did goofy versions of those with woodwind instruments to kind of accent goofy scenes. And listening back, I strongly... They're very thin. Like, they... They maybe add a bit of information because it tells you it's going to be goofy, but, like, really, you should be able to tell. So things like that, where I, like, did this kind of music that's just weak, and it doesn't stand on its own as a musical piece, in my opinion. And I did that a lot. Like, there's a lot of very, what, what in music would be called noodly-sounding music. I want to try and cut that out more. So I want better music. Like, I want more well-thought-out music that can stand on its own and it'd be put out for you all to listen to on your own if you want to. So that's that's one of the, the focuses of the next season. I, I did that a lot. Writing, I want to get better at writing, both getting better at writing some stuff like dialogue. Um, and then on the same... On the same note, getting better at kind of uh, condensing what I'm writing and making it a bit shorter, a bit more to the point, um, and making it more entertaining to talk about lore and stuff like that. This is something that all fantasy authors really are, are trying to focus on. So working on that. And then uh, narration. I think I got much better at narration. I think there are leaps and bounds to be made. And then I'm not super satisfied with the way that some things sound in terms of how my voice sounds and whatnot. So I really would like to improve those uh as well all right and that is kind of so i mean i have i have so many notes i have pages of notes on stuff i've done for season one if you if you care about this kind of stuff um i'm gonna i'm gonna do two pitches now now that you've listened to this if you don't want to hear if you don't want to get pitched on stuff for the show uh feel free to bounce off for those of you though i have two pitches number one if you use discord at all please consider joining my discord even if you don't um it's a it's a very nice and a great group of people over there right now. Lots of fun talking about both the show, if you're into other audio stuff, other audio drums and stuff, some conversations about that going on there all the time. And if you're a fan of any other fantasy stuff, you know, stuff talking about that, I at least am, am more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, please can please consider joining. Um, that is, that's one of my big focuses for this season, is getting more people into the community to talk about the show and just talk about other things that, I, we we all like I, you. If you're listening to this, you know we all like it. You know we all got similar interests. So some people have even started to do fan art of the show, which is <laughs> I would never have ever thought that uh, that would would. Have, I mean, I dreamed, but I never thought I would actually get it, especially this soon. So uh, a special thanks to Pack of Rats who made that. If you want to see that, hop over on the Discord and in the creative channel there is some some fan art of Ifair which is a very well done I'm very happy with it um i'm very very happy with it please consider consider joining the the discord to be able to talk about those things again this is a one man show i do everything myself so anything like that really makes this this all worthwhile um and then a similar pitch so two things number 1 patreon um, I've mentioned this a couple times. You're, I'm sure you're familiar with Patreon. If you're not familiar yet, though, Patreon introduced an, a feature this year to be able to have a free tier. So you can join my Patreon without having to pay me anything, which still does me a huge benefit. So if you like the show, please go and sign up for the Patreon. Um, it's going to help both of us. It's going to validate me and all the time that I, I spend on this show. It's going to make it all worthwhile. And there's stuff for you on there. Um, so I'm going to be putting out monthly updates and small little short snippets, lore in the world, stuff like that, um, to be able to tell you kind of more about, about the show. If you like the show, it's going to be more of that, more interesting stuff, in my opinion. And the music, I'll be posting some free music tracks on there for people to be able to listen to. My dream someday is to be able to do some stuff like maybe get it up on Spotify. But until then, because again, that takes a bit of time. And that's not one of my focuses right now. I'll, I'll be posting things for people on there. So go join up for the Patreon. It's free. You'll get a ton of benefit out of it, in my opinion. And then, yes, I am going to pitch that there is a paid version of the Patreon. So there's only one tier, and it's $5 a month. And as of right now, um, the things that are on there that you will appreciate is I have a bunch of lore posts. So it just goes deeper into the lore of the world. So how does the magic, how does the, they're not magic per se, but how does the systems of the church work? 
And how do the the slate I keep talking about and their systems of you know having people with their eyes covered, uh, but also transporting books? How how does that work? Stuff like that um, to give give you a bit deeper look into the world. And I'm also going to announce that I am working on what is going to be a Patreon exclusive show. So that will be coming out uh, near the end of probably mid February is when I will start putting that out. So um, if you like the show, and even if you just want to support me, um, I spend a lot of time on this. I don't know if you've noticed, but I do not run ads on this show. So that is something that I know a lot of people use as a selling feature. I don't like ads. I don't think that they're a good experience, and I would rather just not run them at all. So what I'm asking is I've done that in goodwill. If you have the money, if you want to pay me a bit, if you want to experience more of the world and you and you appreciate that I'm not running ads on this show, consider signing up. You're going to be able to be getting a free, um, it's going to be about 20-minute uh, episodes, and I'm hoping to do one a, one, one a month. Uh, that will be on Patreon, and lots of lore posts, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff um, for for you to hear. And if you join, um, and there's other stuff you want, you will be able to let me know, and I'll be able to do that. And if you appreciate things like you know the fact that you know it, this does cost money to do, I'm not making any money off of it. Things like new art, like I'm going to be spending a substantial amount of my own money to be able to get new art for the show, to be able to improve it. If you appreciate stuff like that. Um, any, any, anything you can give, uh, goes a long, long way. That is it. So again, thank you all for listening. This is a passion project of mine. I I love doing this. Um, it's hard some days. It's very easy. Some other days. Um, the fact that you're all listening is what obviously makes it all worthwhile. I've not done any advertising on this show. I don't post it on social media. I posted a couple episodes, I guess, on Reddit, but that is it. But, you know, I'm getting subscribers. And so that is you. You are the ones telling other people to listen to this show. You're introducing them to it. You're maybe telling your friends. And, and thank you so much. That means all the world to me. Again, if you can, if you join into the Discord, I can, I can thank you in person. Much appreciated. So that is the uh, kind of summary of this season and the plans for the next season. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all. And until next time.